everybody. Welcome back to the Coffee Convos podcast, where the best conversations happen over coffee. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm here at Gold Standard Studios sipping on some spike cold brew today. If you haven't tried this, it's from Cafe Agave. Not sponsored, just gifted. But bomb stuff. They're based here in San Diego. Amazing, amazing. Like, I just had a sip, and I'm like, feeling good, you know? The perfect amount of buzz with the coffee and the perfect amount of buzz with alcohol, so a good day. (laughs) And joining me today is Xavier Besso. He is an incredible photographer and we actually had him on Coffee Convos three years ago, you guys. It's been so long. So long. Hello, by the way. I am Xavier Besso. I am a photographer um, and I like pressing buttons and making memories happen and allowing my pictures to speak for myself because I can't draw, but I love art. Mm. Yeah, Mm. I love art. Nice. Well, for those who maybe not have like digged through the archive of like really knowing your story, love for you to just not only introduce yourself, but share your story and how you got into photography. Because I think that's like one of the most amazing things that about you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Well, my name is Xavier Besso. I am a local San Diego native, born and raised here. There's not many of us that do that. And I do take pride in that. Um... I got into photography, God, I picked up my first camera probably over 10 years ago now. So it's been nearly a decade since I was behind the camera, which is nice. It was like a little point and shoot. You know, I took pictures of flowers and close up things because I thought it was cool. But growing up, I loved art. I loved how things looked. I was always looking at details and it was always so interesting to me. But I couldn't draw like I had said earlier. I couldn't draw to save my life. So I wanted some way to have an outlet for my art, mm-hmm. for my artistic values and needs, whatever you want to call it. But picked up a camera and lo and behold, that's what I needed. And that's what, you know, allowed me to, you know, kind of release what was, I guess, burning inside of me. <laughs> Weird. But yeah, that's what allowed me to re- release that and really, you know, try and take off with something like that. So I didn't think it was going to blossom to what it is now. You know, at the time I was just taking pictures and having fun it was very uh what's the word i'm looking for um naked and new i guess for lack of a better term mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um but yeah one thing that did help me in growing and really learning the craft was i'm gonna jump right into it when i was 16 i got really sick super super sick um i was in high school so you know i was messing around with friends doing shit didn't care about life didn't care what we did stayed up late you know did bad things whatever it was you know next thing you know i find myself in a doctor's office getting an x-ray and no more than 20 minutes later i'm getting sent to the emergency room without having to know why so my dad and i are there kind of wondering what happened what's Mm -hmm. going on and they make me change into a hospital robe so i figured i'm not leaving anytime soon which was really weird i wanted to go home when I ate pizza, my dad told me we were getting pizza, so I was stoked for that. Nope, decided we're not getting pizza anymore. Um, <clears throat> and then I have a doctor come in, and I get it. It's the doctor's job to tell people bad things and good things, but, yo, this guy did not warm up to it yeah. one bit. No, came in straight up. Hey, how's it going? We checked your x-rays out, and we think that you have cancer. Straight up. Wow. No warm-up, no hey. I understand that it no, just came straight out with it. And, you know, 
It's like getting hit by a bus. Pretty much. Yeah. And you know, every other car behind it piled up on top. Mm-hmm. You're 16 year old, 16 years old. And you hear that? You don't. You don't know what to think. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. kind of just crazy. So when it came to that, I had never wanted to punch someone in the face so hard in my life. Really? Yeah. And I just remember this doctor, he had this gigantic nose, <laughs> huge nose. I just wanted to break it off his face. <laughs> I just wanted to, oh. <clears throat> I held back though, just because the news was so shocking. My dad was in complete denial. He was wondering if it was maybe something else because apparently there was a mass in my chest that they had found. So there was something there, and it was abnormal. And oddly enough, I kind of had an idea that I had cancer. Really? Yeah, I don't really talk about this too much. But before this, I was sick every day for like three or four months. I literally had a fever every night. I was shivering. You know when you get sick, you're cold. So I had that every night. I thought I was just sick, so I would pop Tylenol here and there. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. I was 16. Oh, I'm just sick. I caught a fever. No big deal. <clears throat> but I was also tired all the time. I could literally fall asleep anywhere. I could be hanging out with my friends, chilling, and I'd fall asleep. I thought I was just tired. Mm-hmm. We were out late every night kind of thing, you know? But it turns out those were symptoms. Wow. Heavy symptoms. And then the one thing that led me to go to the doctor was the fact that I had a lymph node on the left, right side. There's like a scar here. Mm-hmm. Not that our viewers can see. <laughs> listeners can see but you can and um that kind of bulged up out of my neck and so that kind of oh, that's shit. not normal you know yeah really freaky and me not even being the mitochondriac i am now looked it up on the internet and the first thing that came up was when you have a lump in your neck was cancer so i had already seen that oh, no the di- the night before my x-ray so i was mm-hmm. like oh so i already had that you know kind of stomach training feeling right then and there mm-hmm. but i didn't think anything of it because I didn't think it was going to be true in less than 24 hours. So that happens. And then um, they call my mom. My mom's freaking out. She works up in downtown. We were down at the Chula Vista Imaging Center. So we're far. So my mom races down. I don't know how she got home so fast. She doesn't drive. She takes a trolley. So I think maybe my aunt picked her up. I don't really know how she got there so fast. But she showed up. Um, she showed up when they were strapping me into the gurney. So I was getting into a stretcher, getting ready to get into an ambulance to go there, um, to Children's Hospital, excuse me, mm-hmm. up in um, Claremont, Kearney Mesa area. Mm, yeah, Radies. Radies, yeah. So it was odd that I had to get into a ambulance, but they strapped me in, you know, next thing you know, we're going for a ride, and my mom's freaking out. She's crying. She doesn't know what to think, and I'm just there kind of chilling. It's weird. Super chill. Not really freaking out over it. I'm literally on the stretcher laying down. My mom's like to my left holding me and praying. And I'm there texting people. <laughs> like, what's up? Hey, man. So I just found out I'm really sick. I'm going to be at this hospital. Come see me later. Whatever. Mm. Super chill. Freaking people out. And maybe like two hours later, I'm getting like chain letters. Oh, our friend Xavier Besso has cancer. Pray for him. Pass it on. You know those old chain texts that you would get back Whoa, in the day? So those yeah, were getting yeah. passed. They were getting circulated. I was like, what the hell? This was like two hours ago. You guys are crazy. That's crazy. So I get to the hospital and immediately ask, hey, can, can we make me better now? Or can I take the medicine I need to take now? Because I got to go back to school. And they thought I was crazy. Because, you know, they had done no biopsies. I wasn't diagnosed properly. I didn't know what to think. You know, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, you go in here and you take medicine, you're good. 
you know. But yeah. apparently that wasn't the thing. I was in the hospital for three weeks. <laughs> so I missed out on quite a lot at school. But in those three weeks, I was diagnosed properly with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a cancer found more in the 13 to 25-year-old range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it is a cancer you've come to find when you're young. And it is a cancer of the lymph nodes, so it does have to do with your blood. So if you're not familiar with the lymph nodes, there's a bunch in your neck, and sometimes if you get sick, they lump up. Um, mine had cancer, which is the cause for the other lump in my neck, or for the lump in my neck mm -hmm. here. So they did biopsies on me. Um, the worst one had to be where they did bone marrow, a bone marrow biopsy. So that's where they drill into your lower back and pull bone marrow out and figure out what you have through there. Because wow. they can't just tell through blood. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oddly enough... During that biopsy, the doctor had told my dad to be ready. Mm. Yeah, straight up. Be ready because the mass was in my chest and I had to be laying on my chest for that biopsy to happen. And once you go under anesthetics, the right word, yeah, anesthetics, your body relaxes. So there was a chance I could have relaxed too much and the heart would push up against that tumor and could have caused me to die. So that was one way of me almost dying. The other way was actually told to me back at the hospital when the doctor, Mr. Punch Your Face Out, told me. <laughs> he told me that if I hadn't gone in there, I had 30 days left. No way. Mm -hmm. I had three weeks. No, a month. I had a month left on this beautiful earth. Wow. Yeah. So hearing that when you're 16, you kind of wake up. Yeah. You know, that didn't take a lot of time to process. That kind of smacked me right in the face and was like, yo, what's going on? This mm -hmm. is crazy. And that was immediate, you know, survival mode. Can you guys fix me? Can I die? What can you do to fix me? All that, you know? So you go through that. And luckily my dad was nice enough to tell me that the doctor had said that to him later on about being ready about me possibly dying during that surgery. Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> he thinks that I should know everything. You know, it's my body. I get it. They're my guardians. They're my parents. Yeah. yeah. So full transparency, everything. You should know everything. So they fully diagnosed me there, and I was put on a treatment plan for six months of chemotherapy and a month of radiation and a hell, a whole lot of hell of a, or excuse me, a whole lot of um medications. So I was taking probably nine pills a day. I couldn't even tell you what they did to me, but I took them because they told me to make me feel better, so sure. Yeah. You know, you're 16. You don't not gonna listen too much. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> but before that, you know, going, getting there and being there for three weeks, you miss a lot outside. You know, I wanted to get back to school. I wanted to go see my homies. I wanted to hang out and do shit again. I wanted to be a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was a kid. You know, I didn't want to be in a hospital surrounded by all this. You know, it, it's sad. It's mm -hmm. really sad. My first day there, you know, you have hospital doors and sometimes you have a window up top and a window down below. Yeah. yeah I would see kids that were no taller than that window down below walking around with an IV in their arm. Damn. You know, that you don't feel like you belong there. You know what I mean? I felt completely out of place. I asked myself, what the hell am I doing here? You don't belong here. You need to get the hell out of here as soon as you can. And, you know, that led to the positivity that I had throughout the time that I was there. And my nurses loved me. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, most of the kids that were there were either way too young to talk or Aww. at that like pre-teenage where they were still kind of all over the place of how they think. So I was 16, so they could have a good conversation with me. Mm-hmm. So they would come into my room and just hang out sometimes because they could actually talk to me. Yeah. I could actually talk to them. Oh, life this, life that. Oh, you got your job sucks. Well, you should quit. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. So they enjoyed it for that. But I was cool, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yeah, I try to be cool, too, you know, with that. Because, you know, they're the ones taking care of you. So you kind of, you know, dip here, dip there, and it all makes sense, right? So, mm-hmm. but finally getting back to school after my first, round of chemo was nice i had already lost my hair and the reason why you lose your hair for anyone's wondering is because chemotherapy kills fast moving cells so imagine it imagine it in a way where someone walks into a group of people really bad example (laughs) with a gun and just is blind and just starts shooting that's exactly what chemo is that's why you lose your hair. That's why your blood counts go low. Anything that's fast moving dies, which is what cancer is, fast growing cells. Mm. So you can literally pull your hair out. My buddy that shaved my head was like, is your hair falling out? I was like, yeah, and I ripped it out of my head. That's wild. I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I had no idea. I was, like, I was like, oh, shit. It actually happened. <laughs> it actually happened. So I had this like light spot compared to the rest of my head because I pulled it out. <laughs> so that was odd. But going back to school was nice. You know, I got a really nice reception from my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they missed me. And apparently the news traveled quick. All the teachers had known already, so they didn't bother me. The baseball team at the school gave me a hat to wear to protect my head, which is really nice. That is so nice. So it was cool coming back to that and being accepted for what was going, what I was going through and, you know, not giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's tough. Chemotherapy is tough. Dude. Yeah, people ask me if it hurts. It doesn't hurt Um, because it's just an injection, so it's liquid. Is it more like after the fact? Yes. So two weeks, maybe. It's been so long now. I think one or two weeks after, your blood levels hit a super low. So your white blood cells go down, your platelets, which um, clot your blood, go down. So if that goes down way too low, and let's say your platelets are down, and you get hit by something, you're not going to stop bleeding because nothing's going to clot it. So it's super dangerous. Oh, that's crazy. But then you'd also get super nauseous. There was a time where I couldn't eat for a couple days because yeah. I would just you'd just come right back up. And it was like, have you ever vomited acid before, like when your stomach's empty? Have you ever had that before? I don't think so. No, sorry. Gross. But <laughs> it just burns. You could feel it on the way up and out. It was terrible Gosh, dude. it was absolutely terrible and i mean i couldn't do anything and one of the worst ones was i had chemo right before um thanksgiving <clears throat> and so i couldn't eat my thanksgiving dinner really yeah super sad mm. <laughs> super upset about that but yeah, i was getting better um but that was just the beginning of everything you know but like i said i stayed positive throughout the whole thing so my doctors and nurses always thought I was crazy like I said because they're like who is this kid and why does he why is he not tripping that he almost died Mm. that you know that he like you were so close to like the end of your life right and And then yet you didn't seem like it Mm -hmm. so I just wanted I honestly just wanted to go back to school and do 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 the things I was supposed to do as a kid that was like my main goal I was like tunnel vision set on that let's do this Let's get back to being a normal kid. I didn't even, I never felt like I was sick. 
I never felt sad. I never questioned it. I never wondered why me. I Iman asked me earlier if I was ever scared. I was only scared one time, and that was when I found out. And the rest of the time, I wasn't scared. Was it because you're like, okay, he's diagnosed. I already know what's happening. And then, like, I like, did you already imagine like your future, like you coming back after, like dealing with chemo and everything like that, or was it just like, okay, like this is it. There's not much I can do, but just go through the process. It was a bit of both, yeah. But it was, it was, it was more, you know, accepting the situation. Mm. So it was more like, all right, dog, this is how it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Write it out, you know, whatever happens, happens. So that's that was a lot of it. But then also I saw after the fact of doing everything again and not having to worry about, oh, I can't because I'm sick. Oh, I can't because this, because that. You know what I mean? So I never saw myself as a cancer patient. You know, I think about it nowadays and, dude, you survived cancer and it's hitting me more now than it did back then when really? I was sick. Yeah, so it's hitting me more now as a 27-year-old in how many days? Five days? um that i survived cancer mm-hmm. it's back then it was like it was just a thing now it's like whoa it was like you did it that was ma- yeah yeah you know and i'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything it was nuts it's nuts now it's i couldn't explain to you why it's hitting me more now than it did then maybe because i think life is more precious now than i did before i don't Which know it's kind of crazy too right because just like back then you were hit with this like life-changing news and you're like well damn like yeah. but oh, you're also man. so young i think it has to do with like a lot of reflection and you like living your life right like when i look back at like my life and i'm like wow you know there's so many things i take for granted or like that i wish that i know like now that like yes life is precious like knowing that my grandpa past like 10 years ago and I'm like how has it been 10 years you know and like it's wild to me and it just makes it just puts things into perspective yeah that's definitely what happened and I mean you know I'm happy I went through it because it wouldn't have made me the person I am now I would have rather not gone through it but if I didn't then I wouldn't be who I am now emotionally Mm -hmm. emotionally speaking because I think of it as kind of like a blessing and a curse how I am nowadays. Because of what happened to me, I can get over things really quickly. I don't really hold grudges. I don't hold on to things. Like, I love harder than I ever did, but I also let go quicker than I ever did, too. Mm. So blessing and a curse. Blessing because, let's say, I had a breakup. Okay. Maybe a couple of days I'm good. Like, good, good. Curse because... I'm good, good. In a couple of days, I look like an mm. asshole. You know what I mean? Dang, this guy's already doing whatever the hell he wants to. It's been only a couple of days. I can't help it. Because you've gone through like I, yeah the worst possible thing you could possibly go through, right? right? Like, I got a second chance. I'm not yeah. gonna waste it mm-hmm. on things mm-hmm. that I don't think are worth my time. Mm. So like, there have been friendships that I've let go of that that um, I know weren't worth my time anymore, you know what I mean? So things like that, you know, you look at it that way and people are like, dang, you guys were really close back then. But I mean, shit happens like that, you know, life progresses and it is what it is. So that's my blessing and curse that I got out of it. But I look at it in a positive way always, Mm. you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I love that I can get over things quickly. I don't hang on to shit. That's like, there is such an art uh, to letting go, especially where we are right now you're not like as adults 
you know? Right. Like, how Adults. how shitty would it be to hold on to stuff from, like, right. a couple years ago? And I think there is such a beauty in learning how to let go because I right. think that's one of the hardest things to do is moving past right. and growing out of certain situations. Like, right. there's always been those times where, like, oh, man. You know, like, maybe years ago before – you know, I got together. I was like right. always hoping like oh, me and my ex are going to get together. Right, like having right, that right. hope. But it's like because I never let it go. Right. And had that like, okay. You always hung on to that little string. Yeah. And there, it's just yeah. like, dude, I feel like you just feel so much freer. You you understand like your life, where you are going, your vision and like how you right. see yourself. So it's just like and that's all that you can do for yourself is just right. like let go, move on and grow and like do whatever you need to do right that makes you happy exactly like despite whatever bullshit is happening you know exactly because i mean you know like i said second chance Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. get those in life very often yeah as far as like living is concerned you know what i mean so i I didn't take it for granted and i mean the way that kind of connects to being a photographer Mm -hmm. which i was getting to um (laughs) is i was taking a medicine at the time that kept me up i think it was one of the side effects but it kept me up i couldn't sleep to save my life like i was up till four or five in the morning sometimes couldn't do anything about it excuse me so i had a camera at the time i had a rebel xt i at the time that my family got for me and there was nothing else to do so i read the manual i literally went through the manual front to back seeing what it said from the warranty crap but it surprisingly enough the manual gave you tips on how to use a camera it told you shutter speed aperture iso all those technical things so i mm-hmm. learned those because of the medicine i was taking mm. so that helped me you know really have an outlet for buying that camera i already had i already was seeing things differently as a photographer it's a little different when you have a photographer's eye you see crap differently from you know a normal citizen's eyes i guess <laughs> um but uh <laughs> but um i already had that so i was already seeing details and everything that intrigued me interested me that not everyone saw you know what i mean mm-hmm. but learning the technical technical side behind that and you know being able to create more out of it came from getting sick which was awesome because then i was able to you know really hone in on what I wanted to do with what I was working with at the time, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. So I was able to learn all that stuff from staying up late at night because I was sick. I mean, like I said, I read them. I read the manual. People always ask me, how do you learn photography? I read the manual. (laughs) I didn't go out there and shoot. I read the manual. Whoa. And then I went to go shoot. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of ass backwards from what people do nowadays they go shoot right. first then try or to they like watch things. youtube tutorials oh, so different now Ugh. so <laughs> must be nice <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have that i had to freaking crawl through the trenches of shitty photoshop and crappy cameras back in oh, back in the day god terrible but you know if it wasn't for that then you I, wouldn't be here i wouldn't be here yeah so that's how that connected you know that's what helped me become the photographer i am now because it helped me learn what i needed to do instead mm-hmm. of you know going out taking mm-hmm. a class which might have been way too boring or too much pressure on me i learned at my own pace yeah that's awesome. and i was able to practice it mm-hmm. luckily i had friends who were down who always wanted pictures taken of them kind of thing 
just like I do now. Bloggers before they were bloggers? Yeah, or? basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they use their pictures from then, now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, At least you know that like TBT pose would be fire, right? Right, exactly. Oh, man, I have so many throwbacks. You have some of me. So to anyone. Which are so funny. <laughs> to anyone oh, that no. I know, I have throwbacks that can end lives. But I mean, I won't use them if, you're, if you don't hate me. <laughs> No, I have mad throwbacks, and I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't delete pictures. Good. I don't delete pictures. You must have I like a space. thousand freaking hard drives or something. Uh, thousand, thousands of gigs of, hard, of, of, uh, of photographs, yeah. Because, I mean, I always look through it, and I think two years ago was when I took the most pictures in a year. I think it was maybe nearly 250,000 pictures on a hard drive, and those were like, those are the just ones for your that friends I, or no i mean that's just the whole year accumulated oh wow yeah i think two years ago was when i did my 365 project which is why oh, there were so many right. pictures yes so i shot every day and all that accumulated to nearly quarter million images and that's after culling and going through crap that i didn't like which is crazy to think about now god put my camera through so much <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah like i said going through that is what matured me and what really made me wake up and realize what life has to offer more so mm-hmm. you know I didn't I, I don't want to say unfortunately but I didn't unfortunately grow up the way other people grew up I grew up in six months because <laughs> you me, had to it took me six months to grow up yeah. to get from 16 years old to you know nearly 30 years old mentally mm. Because I had to realize what was happening to me and the severity of the situation and how to do things. You know, I had to learn how to navigate hospitals and set up doctor's appointments, all that crap. You know, all yourself. Well, I mean, not all myself. Okay. Parents were there to help me, of course. God bless them. If they were not there, I would not have survived that. They were there every night. Aww. Every night. You know, they're only allowed one parent in the room per night. They would sneak in and just sleep together next Aww. to me. It was the sweetest thing. And, um, I mean, you know, you just had to learn those things. Right. You had to learn how to navigate those things, you know, how to make your own doctor's appointments if you ever had to. Mom was too busy to help me make a doctor's appointment. I'd have to learn how to do that, mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, and that's something that you got to do when you grow up. You got to learn yeah. how to make your own damn doctor's appointments, and that shit sucks. It does. You know it what really I mean? Does. So, yeah, healthcare sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, shout out mom. I was under her shit back then, and yo. Lifesaver. Anyways, um, but yeah, it helped me mature. It helped me grow up and it helped me turn to who I am now. And that also connects to my photography because, as you know, I do landscape. I do a lot of landscape photography and that's what I love. And it helps me to to kind of, you know, suck myself into the scene more than somebody else would. Because, you know, a lot of photographers out there that do landscape, they take the picture and they're not... Fully present. They're not there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. people, you know... You either have to be behind the lens or you have to be watching the sunset. doesn't matter. You can't be both. But for me, I'm able to kind of intake everything. Because to me, a sunset is so important now because it's the end of another day that I was given. Mm-hmm. That I maybe couldn't have had, you know, how many years ago. So that's why it's important for me to catch a sunset. Even if it's just a glimpse through my side view mirror. Yeah. I see that. I'm like, yo, that's tight. It's another day. Boom. And it's so important to me I, I can't explain or describe how important it is to see a sunset for me you just have to 
you have to be me to see that because and it, like I said it, it transfers into my photography because then I'm able to capture that moment I'm in the moment when I'm capturing it mm -hmm. and I love showing that through my images I want to show you how important this day was to me even if it's just another Tuesday at the beach oh well it was the most beautiful sunset we've had this year mm -hmm. and you guys weren't there but I want you to see that and feel that I love conveying those kind of feelings through through photography mm -hmm. I want you to feel the image not just see it yeah that's a given you're gonna see the picture but I want you to feel the picture you know what I mean so like I said sunsets are important to me because it's another day and we we overlook that all the time and it's like you're finding gratitude in the simplest things that exactly. a lot of people take for granted you right. know like I I love being able to capture a sunset you know what it's I mean fun. or just like yeah. be there and be like oh sick like same thing <laughs> like whether sick sick, sick. <laughs> like, whether I'm like intentionally just like watching the sunset or if I'm able to see it from like my backyard right. or like while driving like right. there's really nothing like it and right. like I've always made it a point yeah, yeah to like even wherever I travel to and I know you're the same yeah to like mm -hmm. make an effort to wake up early catch the sunrise yep. and then like watch exactly. the sunset like you said you're cycling through the day and you made it through and it's just like yeah. it it humbles you Absolutely. in a way and because we all go through so many different things. Like our stories are all so different yeah. and we all go through struggles. Right. And we never know what someone else is going through. Exactly. So always be nice. Mm -hmm. always, always, always be, be kind nice. and mm -hmm. like under, like be open-minded and understanding. And like, I like even from knowing you, right. I, don't, I don't even remember, like it's almost been like six years that we've known each other. Has it? Really? Mm -hmm. Oh God. Because I met you the same time I met Ian. Like oh, pretty right. much six yeah. years ago. Oh my god! I know <laughs> six years. I know. I and so since old. I've known you, you've always had that like very vibrant personality. You're always like the light of the party. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I try. But you, yeah. I think it says a lot about someone's character, like how they carry themselves, right. whether or not they're around people. You right. know, because it's just like. You know, there's people who are like out there, like showing up and be like, "Oh my god, hey!" And then yeah, you yeah. know that they're not really like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like I think you just, just you come from a place of gratitude right. and love and caring towards other people because you're just like, dude, I'm alive. I'm grateful. Yep. And like, yo, yep. I'm here. Exactly. I'm here to take photos. What's exactly. up? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I'll have my off days and I'll have days where you know I'm not, I'm human. I'm going to have days where, you know, I'm sad or upset about yeah. things. But, I mean, that's how that shit rolls. Mm -hmm. But it's so built into me now to move on through that that it kind of just happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to sit down with myself and like, hey, dude, sack up. What are you doing? Kind of thing, you know. So, again, blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> blessing and a curse. But, I mean, yeah, that was such a wild time in my life. I mean, it took a complete 180-degree spin from being a teenager suddenly just yo you gotta fight for your life for at least the next six months get out of this shit and you can keep doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and man i remember that last chemo we didn't do the bell a lot of people do bells i see a lot of bells nowadays on instagram people doing bells after their last instagram post or after the last chemo okay. session i didn't do bell i just walked out <laughs> <laughs> all right cool thanks guys maybe i'll see you <laughs> next time but but yeah so after just going back to the story, I keep straying off tangents. 
But um, after six months of chemotherapy, um, I did a month of radiation. And that was in La Jolla. That was tough. So we had to drive to La Jolla, I think, every day for a month. Oh, wow. Shout out to the hospital, though, giving us uh, gas carts. Hey. <laughs> so they would give us gas to go up there. But when you do radiation, it was such a weird, weird, weird thing. What is radiation exactly? Gosh, radiation just zaps your chest to try and make those cells not come back. Really? Or wherever, wherever. Like, you, do you, like, walk into you, a thing? So like... here's how it goes. So the way radiation works is it's very dangerous and it shouldn't touch other parts of your body that they don't need to be mm. touched. Mm -hmm. So you can't move. So the way they do it is you're on this big-ass metal table, the way I did it, at least you're on this big-ass metal table, and they size your face with a plastic mask so the way it works is it's a mesh that comes down in your face as like a net and then it hardens so it's made for you so when you lay down on this table they put this mask over you and they clamp it down so they clamp my head down no way and i have this mask on pretty creepy that's crazy so you remember that movie man in the iron mask yep, yeah, yep. yeah it was like that I felt like, oh, oh God. wow yeah. and this machine would just turn around me for like a few minutes and that was it but it was odd how that had to go down like that so I take off my shirt all that stuff clamp your face down and then and that was it whoa yeah, so it's like is anything even happening so I had to do that every day for a month and that was probably one of the more odd things actually probably the oddest thing weirdest thing I ever had to do when I was going through that mm -hmm. um but the radiation is it's a, you can look at it in a way where it's you know the final blow to cancer you know it's the last punch to knock it out kind of thing and um yeah i was i was good after another month of uh, after a month of radiation so after six months of chemo a month of radiation the tumor had gone into remission it's still there so there's still it's just dead cells now they can't remove it because it's under my chest cavity mm. you can't just come in my chest cavity pull it out i need that um but i had it had to start to metastasize, so that means when it starts moving to other parts of your body already. That's why I only had 30 days. It was already starting to take over my body. Wow. So it was already in my kidney, I think, but that was already, that was all gone. So chemo did what it had to do, and it worked, and it was fantastic at doing it, <laughs> not making you feel great. <laughs> oh, God, terrible. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I speak about it now, and... I don't get into a lot of details just because it it not only seems so long ago, but it just seems like it just went through. It went by so fast. A lot of things happened. Not that I don't remember it, but it's just I don't feel like it was important to the story. You know? Do you like think it's like details. a an old chapter of your life? Yeah, like I closed. Been closed. Up. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was in two thousand. God, what year was that? It's been 10 years? Oh, wait. Yeah, so it's been around 11 years this year. So I've, it's been a decade. I did that 10 years ago post last year, maybe, where I, I was baldy until now. I think it is. Yeah, you remember that? But, um, but, yeah, so it's been 10 years now. After five years, they technically give you a clean bill of health. So it's up to me now to check on myself. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I would have to go every three months to check in, then move to six months to a year. And I'm conscious enough to check myself up every year once a year to make sure nothing's coming back and do blood work all that stuff yeah. but it's turned me into the ultimate mitochondriac you can ask my girlfriend about that what do you mean like i look up shit and i feel when i feel sick i'm like i freak out 
Oh, this is really? more as of recent, but <laughs> do you also think because like you're getting older? Yeah, that too. For and you're sure. like, damn. I mean, not that I'm, yeah, not, not that we're super old. Okay. No, <laughs> yeah. twenty-seven isn't old. It's not. But um, but yeah, so it, it freaks me out now. But I push through that because it's stupid <laughs> to think that way. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I was dying. So I think. But yeah, that was an interesting time in my life. Ugh. I'm like reading what you had said and you're like, I picked up my first camera and was so fucking excited. It was a Costco bundle. Yeah, it was. And <laughs> since then, it was an everyday thing for me to shoot at school, things and people. And it didn't take off until I got sick at 16 years old. Yup. That's crazy. You were diagnosed in August. Yes. 2008. Yeah, August yeah. 24th. Like, we had this conversation, like, literally yeah. three years ago at yeah. um, Copa Vida, and you had a tea, and you didn't drink coffee at the time. Listen, okay. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. No. Hey, guess what? I went on coffee and condos and drank a tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. People do it. got the motherfucking tea. <laughs> I know. But um, speaking about your journey in photography, and I think because you have so many years on top of a lot of other creators and like because the space right now kind of like what you mentioned is so accessible God, yeah. um Jeez. and you didn't have the same resources back then as people do now like it's on their phones it's on youtube it's everywhere. on social media it's yeah. literally everywhere what is the thing that sets you apart from everybody else aside from your experience right and also like what do you see happening because of this like right. kind of like the trends Oh god, the trends. <laughs> I'm getting to the translator. But um I think what separates me though is is my passion and drive. Like not only do I take the picture, but I, I, I try and level with my client too on, on like let's say I'm shooting a wedding. I guess I have to describe this. I wanna capture that love, that moment of fear, whatever it is that's happening in that. I wanna capture that and I, I try to level with that so I understand what they're going through. So it's more the passion and drive that I have. Mm. And because I was given, like I said, a second chance to be here to give you that moment forever. Because ah. I could have had that moment taken away from me. So I take it as I can give you this and you can hang on to this for the rest of your life. I've always, I've always, it's super cliche, but I've always lived by a picture's worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You take a picture of a of a bride, you know, Seeing her husband for the first time or seeing her groom for the first time, that speaks volumes. And I love it. <laughs> I'm there have been times where I've literally cried in my viewfinder during Aww. those moments. Cause it's so beautiful. And I feel like having that passion, having that drive is what sets me apart. Mm-hmm. Cause I I want to capture those moments and I want those moments to be real. You know, there's setups at weddings for sure. But everything else I wanted to, anything else that's real that's there, I'm going to see it and I'm going to capture it. You know, I've I'm, I'm always been a very observant person, which mm-hmm. helps me out. And, you know, I see things that, you know, a lot of people won't see, whether it's off to the left. I'm like, oh, crap, that's a good moment. Let me go grab this. And it kind of flows in with the photography thing, too. So it helped me out to, yeah. to be like that growing up. So it all kind of just uh, all made sense for me to pick up a camera one day. Did you always know that you wanted to be a photographer? No. 
wanted <laughs> this is embarrassing i wanted to be a trash truck guy when i was growing up because i thought they were so cool <laughs> i feel like yeah there's every little boy kind of has that dream right i wanted to be My the guy riding on the trash like... truck in the back and throw <laughs> trash it's so funny i'm nuts anyways what a crazy little kid <laughs> but um but i mean it's so hard to set yourself apart from people nowadays because you get, you know, these big photographers out there that are doing this thing and they're like, yo, I have my preset. Yo, you should do things this way. Yo, you need to do things this way. And people are going to see that and that's all they're going to do. I don't see too much nowadays where it's your thing. Mm. It's I saw this and I'm going to run with this kind of thing. It's, oh, I saw this over here. I'm going to try this out. But going back to when I started shooting, you know, I still had a cell phone that texted on T9. iPhones were just coming out. Social media was MySpace. I was texting my tweets. I wasn't tweeting on a Twitter app. Oh I was gosh. texting my tweets <laughs> to 40404. I still get those. <laughs> so I had very few resources back then which actually helps out a lot now, which is great. Because you kind of had to put yourself yeah, you had to, through the trial and error, exactly. right? You had to put yourself through the trial and error. It was so hard to do things in Photoshop back then. We didn't have Lightroom. It, wasn't, it was probably existing. I just had never heard about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting Lightroom now, the way Photoshop is now, yo, it makes life so much easier. And there's such great tools amazing tools to help you make an image look the best that it can mm -hmm. and that's a trip that i how i look at things now a lot of people shoot for post which i understand i'll do that too like but, for instagram posts no no no. sorry for post processing okay so they'll shoot it this way but then they're like oh i could fix this later Interesting. rather than yeah. being i'm gonna get this as best as i can now so you don't have to do too much later. And maybe just adjust little things here that I can't do in camera or because of the way mm -hmm. the lighting is. And that's a trip to me because I feel like that takes away from your creativity. I feel like that takes away from you going to chase that light, going to find this subject and position it in this way to make it look somehow, to make it look how you want it to look because you can just fix it and post later, which I get. The tools are great nowadays. But yo, challenge yourself. There's there's people that will literally take a landscape image and drop a different sky into it oh, to make that. it look cooler than it is, yeah. which is cool. It's art. Art is subjective. Art is what you want it to be. I get it. I'm a purist. I feel like that takes away from me going to chase that sunset and me failing because the clouds came in. There's no fun in switching out of sky. I can do that five minutes, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Easy. But where's the fun in that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It looks cool, but you don't have a story to tell. You can't be like, yo, I raced down the eight freeway to get to Sunset Cliffs. There was hella traffic. And but yo, the sun blessed me with this amazing light. You don't get to say that. You know what I mean? And I love that about pictures. Like I said, I love pictures that speak to you. Because that's what they're supposed to do. So I love it when you can look at an image and just Tell your story. I can look at every picture that I have. And remember that and moment. And remember that moment. That exact moment. Which I think is fucking cool. 
I mean, you know what I mean? So like I said, it's cool. The tools are there, but they're tools. Use them to create. Don't abuse them. Don't abuse them. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Help me out with that. <laughs> um, but what was the other part of your question? Um, how? Sorry. Because it's so accessible nowadays mm-hmm. and not discouraging like all these up and coming creators or anything, but how, like you said, it's so easy to take someone else's style, mimic someone else's photos and follow these trends just because it is accessible and it's easy versus putting them in these more a little tougher situations to get right like a perfect image you know yeah so like I'm, how has basically how has social media like <laughs> really affected the art of it so i feel like social media has created like you said earlier trends mm-hmm. and trends will always get followed it don't matter trends are gonna get followed by everybody you know, so there's a certain edit look that someone does. Everyone's going to want to do that because it looks cool. That'll get burnt out. There's another trend coming up. Someone's going to pick that up and it's going to blow up too. That's excuse me. That's not going to change. So I feel like the way social media is now is they've they've kind of, it, it's kind of, um, that's what I'm looking for. It's, it's streamlined creativity into, into something that you see everywhere it's hard Mm. it's hard to describe oh i totally get that so you know okay let's look at it like merging lanes yeah imagine a four-lane highway that has to merge into one lane oh wow you have four lanes of creativity i feel like social media has created a merge into one lane so everyone's creative they have all their outlets but they all come into this one lane because of social media that's like the perfect analogy i feel like that's what social media has done to creativity and it sucks. You know, I want to, I love, I love finding artists so that still do their own thing, that, that, you know, have fought through the trenches, that, that, that understand what I've gone through mm-hmm. um, to get to where we are now, whether it took you, you know, 10 years, four years, two months, no matter. As long as you fought through those trenches and, you know, you're not just jumping on this shit because it's another thing, which, which is something that I see done a lot. Oh man, dang. Taking pictures is tight. I'm going to do it too. All mm. right. Bet. Let me see you do it. It's not that easy. A lot of people say I just press a button. It's not <sighs> just that. It's way beyond that. Yeah. And that's what people think it is. They think that they can jump in, go buy a $500 camera, take a picture of somebody, buy somebody's preset, press one button. That's pressing buttons. There are people mm-hmm. who, who like who do fit that kind of like mold, right? Who are like, okay, you can do it, I can do it. But from my experience and from what I've seen a lot in this industry is yes, anyone can pick up a camera and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But time will tell whether or not they're going to last. Absolutely. Because like we, like Eden and I always talk about how Whenever we look for like cameras on sale or whatever, and like a lot of the reason why is like, oh, I picked up this camera hoping to make money, and, didn't and do then they didn't do anything. Um, and it's just like you know that's sad. Like if you don't even have a passion or a drive for it, mm-hmm. then not only does that ruin the industry standards, right. because what I've seen a lot too is like 
kind of like the conversations we have in the past about people who pick up a camera and start charging right away. Oh, man. And it's like. Crazy. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> it's so crazy. funny because you're like, oh, shit. You know, like I've been doing this for 10 years, you know, and then or whatever. And then you see someone else like come out of nowhere, pick up a camera and start doing it. And it's just like whoa like yeah. i get it there like there is an aspect of business to it but i Absolutely. also think that if you're not like I passionate about this yeah. yeah then it's not you're not gonna last i agree yeah. and there, there's plenty of things to say about that and i mean for me it's never been about the money mm -hmm. the money's a plus awesome I, that's amazing that you want to pay for me to do this that you want to pay me to do this that's so amazing but to me, it's capturing the moment first mm. every time. And, you know, a lot of people out there, they see it as, you know, just another get rich quick scheme. Like you said, they'll pick up a camera. And it's like, yo, I bought this camera. It didn't do anything for me. It's like, because you didn't do anything for it. Damn. That's you. You're the one with the eye. The best camera you have is the one that's with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are times I've, you know, I didn't bring my camera. It's like, yo, I got my phone. My phones take great pictures. And it's Use about that. capturing the moment first, Use, like you exactly. said. I feel like, especially with social media and like stories and like, right. you know, Snapchat's not really a thing anymore, at least for us, because we're older. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat, <ew. laughs> But, um, you know, there's this like instant like, oh man, I got to take a photo and put on right. my story. And like, like you said, like people aren't really being present with the people right. who are physically with them. Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Chin down. Chin down. It's every time. crazy. Yeah. And like, you know, like I've had to get called out by Ian a few times, like, do you have to take another photo of coffee? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying so, to justify yeah, it. So? But in reality, it's like, yes, I get it. Like, fuck. Like, yeah. you know, you get so lost into like, right. oh, I need to show up for my audience. Exactly. And it's like now I've gotten into the habit of like capturing the moment right. for myself. And it's like, if I feel like it's something that I want to share with people, I'll do it later yeah. in the evening after yeah. once I'm like ready to go to bed because exactly. who cares about like posting things right within that moment? Because like yeah, that exactly. takes away from everything, right? Because exactly. right? you're like, I have to tag on these people, put the location. Super and annoying, like, yeah. Yeah, there's so many buttons now, GIFs and like. Yeah, yeah you literally miss crazy. two minutes just tagging people mm -hmm. and adding your location, adding give GIF, adding GIF to it and whatever the hell you want to do to it to make it look funny. Yeah. It's like you really need validation from this picture you took real quick of your food. Like, come on, be yeah. there. Exactly. Enjoy the food that these people worked hard to create for you. Right. Come on, it's killing me. And but. there's nothing like, like you said, being able to tell a story through the photos that you take. And like that's that's the beauty of it, of right. like why this is even a career and a passion for people like us. Exactly. You know. We have that drive and it's nothing that you can, it's hard to like physically show that. It has to be shown through your like your work and mm -hmm. what you've done already. You know what I mean. So it's that's why it's so hard to describe it, and it sounds like you're bullshitting sometimes. But so yo, let my work speak for itself. Yes. You know what I mean. Go look at my pictures. Don't let me tell you because I might just fuck myself over in that right way. Here are my yeah. photos. Hi, thanks. <laughs> I take these. So you know, every time like I have a client meeting, it's like, oh, here's what I've done before. 
mm-hmm. before getting into anything else. So I let that speak to them first. Any questions? Yeah. And then you just flow into that. So yeah, social media has been great. Like like Iman said in his podcast, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic tool to use to show your art, to find other art, to get inspired. But, you know, don't get caught in, you know, oh, my God, I got to make it myself look great. Like I'm busy, like I'm doing things all the time. You know what I mean? Like I could make a 24-hour day look like three weeks of work if I wanted to on my Instagram story. That's true. You know what I mean? If I if I gave a shit that much, I could make that happen. Damn, I'm not sure people do that. a lot of effort. Yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of, of effort. effort. I mean, exaggerated effort. But you know what I mean? Like... I'm sure people will do that. You know, you see people post things that, and they never tell you when it was posted. Mm. And it's like, yo, dang, they're doing this still, or they're doing that now. It's like, you're not, you're never gonna know if that was taken three weeks ago, two months ago. There's definitely a persona there, which but isn't I get the chance to create too, because just like at that point, you're not even showing up being real for yourself so you have to create a persona right that's not even for you like it's not even you at that point right i've had instances sorry but um where you know you make online friends and then like you run into them at an event or something super different so different (laughs) and it's just like whoa like why you were so bubbly and so like oh my god i love your stuff and like you know and so supportive and then in person you're just like so quiet and it's just like i get it right like it's social media does allow people to get out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. but i think like if you are not presenting yourself the way that you are in real life life, then there's no point it's useless yeah it makes no sense to me and i like i try my hardest to be intentional and like make sure that like whatever i am sharing has a purpose at right. the same time. And, and it's you. And it's me. Right. Because otherwise, like I found myself and like, oh yeah, I'm getting like all this cool shit. Exactly. Like, you know yeah, I mean? like exactly. I loved it. I loved all the free stuff and right. partnerships. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I don't even like, like, like I'm not like out going out of my way to personally buy this product. Right. You know, like I'm not like, oh, I'm not like a diehard fan. But then like people sent it to me and then I was like, oh man, I feel obligated to talk yeah, about it. I have to love this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, it's Oof. such. So I finally decided. I finally okay. decided that, like, for work and for, um, like partnerships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want to work with people that I don't genuinely fuck with. Right. I get because what you're that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it doesn't align with me, my values, then there's no point. And you're throwing yourself away. Mm-hmm. You're throwing yourself away piece by piece. Exactly. Don't do that. Nope. Yeah, we gotta We're be, done with that. You got to be real. Bye. <laughs> Late. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to be real. So, I mean, so going to social media two years ago, like I said, I did do that 365 project, which mm. which I wanted to do to help myself be more creative. Yes. You know how you feel? You, you hit that rut. You're like, damn, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to take a picture of, da, 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 which is, which is, which happens. Mm-hmm. So I did a 365 picture where I took a picture every day and I super challenged myself because that picture had to be taken on that day. So I couldn't just repost something from a week ago on that day. It had to be taken that day. Yeah. Um, I did it. It was difficult. It was hard to be creative every day like that. 
And it was almost, it was too much. Really? It was too much. Because you're like, do you feel like you used all your good ideas first? And then afterwards you're like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, you know, you'll find pictures on there. It's literally like just my shoes. I was like, oh, fuck, I need to just do this. So even like an obligation. Yeah. Even that, even that something that was supposed to help me out ended up Mm -hmm. being an obligation. So that's why now I post so rarely, but I post what I like, what I want to post because it speaks to me mm-hmm. um not because i have to post it i had this i had this crazy thing in my head oh i gotta post oh shit i gotta get comments all this crap but now i just post what i want to post and i mean the activity on those posts is, is more than i ever had before from posting every day because it's stuff that i like because it's stuff that spoke to me. It's stuff that I enjoyed shooting. Mm. Like there, there are moments where I'm out shooting and I literally get giddy because of how amazing things lined up. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the sunset happened. Oh, the clouds lit up. Oh, the waves are crashing perfectly. Oh shit, there's flowers too. You can't. I can't help but get giddy about it. Yeah. I just kind of squeal to myself because it's so cool. Like I said, that's the satisfaction I get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I want that. I want to convey that to people. Right. I want people to see that. And that's why when I post, I post like I'm talking. Yo, I saw this crazy ass sunset today, man. Shit was nuts. Da, da, da. Things like that. The way I talk to you mm-hmm. is how I'm going to talk in mm-hmm. my post. Exactly. It's literally me talking to you. That's your voice. That's my voice talking. Yep. And, you know, that's what that was. And that's and that's how I see social media as. I want I want to talk to people. I can't talk to, you know, however many people at a time. So whoever sees my picture, I'm talking to you, man. And this is what I want you to see. And this is how I felt in that moment. And it was beautiful. And I hope you see that, too. Damn, like, damn. I get that it's beautiful, but I want you to really feel see and feel what I felt that in yeah. that in that moment. And God, and that's just why I love pictures so much. <laughs> it's It's literally a split second. Of life that you captured, but it was in that moment that you were truly feeling the love, that you were truly feeling sadness, that you were truly, that that beauty truly showed itself. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, for example, like, like I said earlier during a wedding, you know, the, the groom turns around to see her wife, his, his soon to be wife for the first time. You're not going to get that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just the most beautiful thing ever the most beautiful thing ever and like in terms of like doing landscape pictures like for me once that light dips under that cloud and shows itself and it's just and it hits something that you wanted it to hit and everything just lined up perfectly you don't get that and you you snap that picture and it's you know a quick a quick shot but in that moment everything lined up perfectly damn and it's just the best feeling ever capturing that the best i love that (laughs) (laughs) it's the best thing ever you know do you have one photo in particular that you're like yo dude this is like the shot that i'm so freaking proud of (laughs) that i cannot wait to show my future children and my children's children be like yo i shot this shit do you have one of those yeah it's my selfie no (laughs) oh god no um (laughs) I mean, I guess, but um, no, it's uh, it's tough. I'm my biggest critic, so I think all my pictures. Mm. I always look at my pictures. I'm like, ugh, I could be so much better. I could do so much better than this. But 
I push through that. But if I can think of one image that I can't wait to show someone or one that I show someone for the first time, it would probably be... It's a pretty generic picture because it was it was a really nice sunset and it's hard to take a it's hard to take a bad picture of a good sunset. But it was of one at Sunset Cliffs one day. I drove out there, checked the weather, everything seemed like it lined up. There was a gap between the clouds and the horizon, so I knew the sun would show itself eventually. So I figured I'd drive out there. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. I got to get out and, you know, breathe in fresh air and see this beautiful sight. Um Sun dipped below the horizon, lo and behold, shed its light on the clouds, and it was just, Ooh. it was an absolutely beautiful scene. I mean, those clouds turned orange and red for maybe only 10 minutes, maybe less, maybe less than 10 minutes, because the sun was so far behind the horizon already that you only got that much time to do it, but the sun hit. I think they call it bird shit rock. You know what rock I'm talking about in um, Sunset? It's the big rock. Yep. Just the rock there. Yeah. I've heard it's called bird shit rock. I could be wrong. That's what I know it as. That's what I'm going to call it. But the light hit that rock. It was glowing in gold. And so was the uh, the coastline glowing in gold. And so were the flowers in the foreground glowing in gold. And you just have this mix of colors that just works. And the waves are hitting the rocks at the bottom. And it was just, it just all lined up perfectly. That's crazy. So those, any picture that I'd be excited to show anyone is the pictures that lined up perfectly where everything worked. Mm. Everything worked out. And it didn't have to do like with post-processing or anything. Like it was just like perfect on its own. Right. And I, and I say perfect because, because you know, for the sun to come out at that time and for something, and for those, all those elements to line up, Mm -hmm. that's about as close to perfect as you can get in that. Yeah. In that moment, you know what I mean? Which is amazing to me. I love that. And I absolutely love it. But yeah, that, that's one I think of. That's one I think of. But I love shooting black and white too. A lot of people don't know this. I love shooting black and white. I feel Do you like- have the intention when you see something to sh- to already edit it in black and white? Or yes. is it always... Like afterwards. No, nope, I have the intention of shooting in black and white. Mm. As soon as I shoot it, and as soon as I make it black and white, I'm like, that's exactly what I was looking for. Like, I the, I turned in a picture to Delmar Fair this year, finally. Oh, for nice. once, I didn't forget <laughs> the deadline. Um, and it's actually a black and white shot. Of what? Um, so down at Otay Lakes, but down by where Ian lives, there's trees that jut out from the uh, from the water, and they're dead they're dead trees, so they're just naked branches, but they come out of the water, and I went out there on a morning where there happened to be fog, so it was a really melancholy, kind of creepy scene, mm-hmm. so you get grass in the foreground, which is really dark, you get the water that's real smooth, because I did a long exposure, then you get the trees coming out Ooh. that were reflected, because the lake was still, and in the background, because of the fog, you can see the trees in the background, but just barely, so you get these like different layers of contrast. And that's, that's when I cool. know that's when I know it's gonna be black and white. If there's a lot of contrast, I'm gonna make it black and white, or it's gonna be a black and white shot. Nice. Jeez, oh, it's terrible. Maybe maybe I'm taking too big of sips of these things. I'm <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, that's the picture I turned in and moved on to tier two judging. What? So awesome. I think I have to print it now. I have to call them because I'm kind of confused as to what I have to do next. 
<laughs> to get it there. So I'm excited. I have, I have to turn it in on May 13th up to Del Mar. Ooh. So I hope that it makes it through after that. Oh, it totally will. I'm stoked. Oh, thanks. That's Your really fun. <laughs> Dude. Well, yeah, that's amazing. I mean... <laughs> I don't talk as much anymore. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, though, there are a few questions that I want to uh, ask you, and you sure. know what they are. Oh gosh, I was trying to think of this earlier, but uh. <laughs> um, for aspiring creatives and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who just you know need a kick in the rear from you, yeah, what advice would you give them? Let's see. So, if you have a tool. If I have any advice for you aspiring creatives out there, photographers I'm speaking to mostly, um, go out there and learn your own style. Mess with the tools, mess with the colors. Try and understand it in your own way. You know, try to stay away from tutorials and mess with those sliders on Lightroom and see what they do. If you like it, then run with it. You know what I mean? Like... To to kind of just wrap that into one into one thing is learn your own style. Mm. Learn your own style. Go out there and create that. Yeah. Because then you can build off of that. Styles always change. It's true. My style has changed a I was ton. Gonna say, what is your style? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My style is uh, is capture the moment, <laughs> the best moment. <laughs> But yeah, that's my advice is 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 to find your own style. That's so important. Absolutely. It, just important. to even set yourself apart because you don't want to be lost within like I don't want to have to look at 10 people's pages and it all look the same and you don't even remember their names because they all look the same. Right. You know, you want someone to, to like come across you and be like, "Oh, wow. This I've is never different. seen that before." Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've been getting that a lot because Started selling prints. Yeah. Yeah, I started selling prints, which is really exciting because people actually buy them. I'm like, yo, that's tight. But um, it's more gratifying for me to print the picture, though, because I love seeing work printed no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying seeing that. Um, but I love seeing, I love creating scenes that you have never seen before. So much scene. Um, so, like, this picture I'm talking about in particular, it's of... Um, the wing at Silver Wing Park. It's this park that I grew up at basically oh, yeah. when I was young. And everyone that I know has a connection to that park. You know, it was either the place where, you know, they got their first kiss or they played their first softball game, basketball, whatever it was. You grew up at that park if you lived down in the South Bay like I do. Mm-hmm. And during our Super Bloom, shout out Super Bloom, yeah. um, the hillside that that wing is on exploded in, in flowers. Absolutely exploded in flowers, yellow, white, all the colors that are yellow and white <laughs> exploded onto that hillside. And I thought it was just the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Everyone's driving up to the poppy fields, going out to Anzaburgo mm-hmm. and shit. Dude, ruining I drove. Ruining all the flowers. I drove, yeah, ruining all the flowers. I drove two minutes and there are trails and these flowers were as tall as they were. They were up to my hip in some places. They were tall. Damn. But that, in, like when I say that entire hillside blew up, the, I mean the entire hillside blew up. So that image that I took of the wing during sunset with those flowers is something that I had never seen happen in my 27 years of living down there before. So I knew I had to capture that. And that's one of the best sellers I have as far as prints are concerned because 
you know, people get that connection to that park. And mm-hmm. that's what I want. I want you to feel like, yo, this is home. But I know my home has a beauty in it that I can't explain to you. But this shows that beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people love that image so much. And that's why I love that image so much. Because I know the South Bay has a beauty to it that not a lot of people see. They really don't. Yeah. And so I want to show you that we do have this to offer. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool because I saw people there taking pictures, Aww. doing their shit, whatever. And I thought it was super cool that people were going there to do that. Yeah. It's and, it was, and it's like mm-hmm. people that I've seen around the area before. So, you know, it was nobody from up here or anything like that. It was like the community came out to go see this because it's, it's different. You know what I mean? And I think social media is what helped that happen because people would see these flowers all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think they would see that and be like, yo, we could do this here, which I think is cool. I love that. So, so yeah. But yeah, find your own style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and last question. If you mm-hmm. yourself could have a coffee and convoys with anybody, who would it be and why? Oh, my God. See, this was the question I was trying to think of earlier. and I think it's so interesting to see why it's so difficult for people to answer. Yeah, it's a tough one because you're like, oh, I want to go family. But then, oh, there's like celebrities and such. But yeah. um <sighs> I would like to have, I'd like to have coffee with actually my two grandmothers. One that lives in New Jersey right now and the one that I live with at home. Mm. But I'm going to throw a twist and I'm going to time travel and I want to talk to them when they were younger. Oh, that'd be awesome. I want to, because I, you know, you know how mad eyes are. They don't listen. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, huh? Wait, what? You know. Yeah, it's hard to have a conversation with it with with an elderly person. So I I want to travel back in time, and talk to them when they were younger, after having all their kids. And I want to talk to them and see like, yo, what led to this? How we how are things? And are you okay? Like, is this tough? You know, shit like that. Because I want to know about that. And you know, I, I think those those times that they grew up in were rough and so different i want to learn all about that I think yeah that's super cool you know what I and mean? if you could already imagine like how difficult like just 10 years ago was for us Dude. can you imagine how like 20 30 40 50 right. 60 years ago was right yeah, and i want to learn like oh who'd you know who are these people mm-hmm. did you know any creatives at the time you know like i want to learn all that shit i think it'd be super cool conversation i'm sure they got think. stories you know what I, I mean? yeah I love they got that. stories mm-hmm. for sure I remember listening to my grandparents' stories too. Oh, and really? Like how they like. That's cool. Um, I only have one grandmother that's alive right now. Oh, okay. And, but when she she would always tell me about how she met my grandpa. That's cool. See, like I want to know those stories. Like, I don't. I still feel like my family's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Yeah, that's Aww. really cool though. How did they meet? You well, she was very young compared to my grandpa. Oh, okay. And my grandpa at the time, he um, he was one of those like playboys, you know oh, what I mean? Okay. He, yeah, he had a lot. So he was like a wrestler. He did like, Jeez. he was a cop and he did like so many different things. He did everything. He was everything. Yeah. He did everything. <laughs> he was tight. just like, he literally did everything. He was dating someone at the time. 
because he has a tattoo with another woman's name on it. Oh wow, how fancy! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because like, like you oh, know seeing no. it when we we're older and we we're like, who's that that guy? And then he was just like. <laughs> it's like and like his skin like no offense to him at all like oh, it's all wrinkly you know right like, yeah of course, and you yeah. just can't even make up the name anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it, it was like an angel that had like a ribbon on it and then the oh, ribbon wow, had the name mm -hmm. wow. mm -hmm. and um but he had met my grandma because she because in the philippines you know they like sell stuff and yes mm -hmm. They met like I, they made it sound so romantic, but I can't like reiterate that story. And those old you know? stories are always romantic, right? Always romantic. Even on my mom's side, uh -huh, uh -huh. like same thing. Like my that's my grandpa. He was in the navy, oh, okay, and he was in the Philippines, um, and then he saw my grandma, mm -hmm. and then I fell in love already. Right? Yep, like that. Ah, see, and so then they, they migrated over here. What happened to romance? <laughs> I know. My gosh, it's all on a phone now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like I see things on Twitter it's like oh it started from DMs and now we're here I'm like ooh yeah that's weird but like they're having like a kid and getting married like, that's cool but yo that's a crazy that you really want to talk about that start literally yeah DM. back in the day it was like you had yo their dead. eyes like just yeah and then <laughs> Like literally, I remember when they were telling me this because I was young when they told me these stories. Mm -hmm. But they would it would always just sound like this telenovela type thing. Okay, yeah, you yeah, know, you, very dramatic. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I that's kind that. of like how yeah. I always imagined to fall in love. To fall in love, right? Because you have yeah. you romanticize that, right? Exactly. And um, but yeah, not saying that Ian and my story is not romantic, but shout out Ian, <laughs> the most romantic man. <laughs> It's just way different. Right, um, it is. Yeah, it is nowadays. But yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to know, like, just the little bits and pieces of your. Oh, he popped in. He's oh, like, what? You heard his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, to know like your family history, right. whether it is just those small stories of like, right. oh yeah, I have this friend. Like, I try and pay attention now, um, about like my mom's friends and family right. you know like what they're actually doing because i'm just like yo dude like i'm never gonna like i don't want to miss these moments and then like right, when my mom exactly. like talks about something in the future and i'm gonna be like wait i've never heard that yeah, you know exactly. it's like not only are we getting older but they are too mm -hmm, and that's exactly. we're at that age you know where it's like crack down man yeah hang out with your parents again you mm -hmm. know ah oh, god i need to start doing that more too it's tough Aside from connecting with your family, Sorry, yes. how can um, our audience connect with you, f like find you on Instagram, your website, mm -hmm. if they want to book you, and then like where can they like look for your prints instead? Yeah, so I'm most active on my Instagram. That is at xquesohueso. That is x-q-u-e-s-o-h-u-e-s-o for those of you that don't understand or can't spell. <laughs> um... My prints for sale aren't currently in a shop, but there are on a highlight on my Instagram, so you guys can look through there. Um, and you can also visit my website, www.xavierbesso.photos, to check out all the rest of my work, whether it be landscape, events, weddings, engagements, or people. Nice. And you can contact me through there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. That was interesting. I really got into it. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. See, and I think that's like why I love having these conversations because like you said, it's at least for me, I think it's just like going on a tangent at this point, but 
tangential part. I think it's really hard for us to tell our own stories. Yeah, it's tough. So it's kind of like I always want to help people, like kind of bring that out so that like whenever – I don't know how long podcasts are going to live, but (laughs) maybe you can like (laughs) – I know. I feel you. uh, Even if it's just one person that hears and they're like, yo, it's tight. Yeah. That means a lot. Also, your future children, duh. Yeah, I'm gonna show them this for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> be like, "Dad, you sound dumb." Like, <laughs> Talk to you later about that. <laughs> but awesome! Thank Beautiful. you again. Yeah, thank you. Yay! Bye. Bye.